0: Uh, well, she went to work Friday, what I heard, and she got a she got a chipped tooth, a busted lip, a black eye, and just generally beat up. She fell at work, went to the emergency room, and, and didn't break anything, but Sarah thought her, her, her walker thing collapsed, evidently, is what I heard. And, uh, and it collapsed, and she fell and, and did a face plant. Oh. So But she didn't break anything. You know, nothing was broken. So,
1: except two. But, you know,
0: yeah, except two. I mean, you're 80 years old. You know, your faceplant's never good. It's not good. It's not good. It can be really bad when you get old, you know. Things break pretty easy um, anyway. Good to see everybody here. It's sliding rain. Looks like it's uh, coming down out there, which is if you if you're trying to race stuff, it's a good right. thing. Yeah, when
1: well, I was coming in before, all the rain started getting lightning.
0: There's something about that electric charge water.
1: Yeah,
0: it is. You know my some of my stuff grew. You know an inch, inches last time. So. Yeah, it's well, good. It's a whole lot better than last. <laughs> that it, was not good at all. <laughs> so, anyway, we're going to be in First Timothy. You want guy guys want to turn over there? And uh, we'll get started here in a second. Uh, I did, I did, uh, uh, I guess Alan's going to come in. Alan did say that he hadn't found out anything yet. They just said it's large and it's vascular. What they said, whatever that means, he said it's bloody, is what he said. Yeah, but he said it's large. So he didn't say any kind of time frame, nothing. He said they didn't let him know anything like that. So, uh, but he's pretty, pretty, pretty upbeat. He said, you know, like Betty Ruth used to say, you can't, you can't threaten the frisbee death. And, you know, he he be the way. So, you know, but. of course it's not the plan, but uh, it it's still a fact. So, anyway, <clears throat> I don't have anything else. So. Make sure you if you're up here stay for lunch. There's a there's practical food thing we need. It's a lot of food. And it's and everybody's not here yet. So, so yeah, it's so. just stay. If you didn't bring anything, it's all right. Just stay here. All right. Uh let's uh let's pray and we'll get started. Uh, I think people are gonna be wandering in now, so you're gonna have to pay attention up here. You know, they're gonna be walking back and forth, put stuff in the warmer probably, so uh, and I'm sure uh, you know it's already five after and I got he's not here and, and different people are not here. <laughs> he's always ready. <praying. laughs> <laughs> okay. All right, let's uh, let's pray when Let we start. Father, we thank you so much uh, for this day. We thank you for being our Father and being our God and being so awesome. We and we and we honor and glorify your holy name, Father. We pray your blessings upon us as we study. We pray your blessings upon us as we worship, and we pray your blessing, Father, as we as we live this life and as we strive, Father, to apply the principles uh, that you set forth before us. As we strive to make make those a part of our life, Father, help us as we do that. Give us strength. Give us courage. Focus us on the hope that we have. And help us to be the kind of examples we need to be, Father, every day. Father, be with those that we have talked about. Be with those that are that we that we've mentioned. Uh, Justin has mentioned someone, and Alan, Ray, and just Sarah. Just different folks, Father, that are struggling with their health. And we pray Your blessings upon them, uh, Father. We pray for the out family as they as they mourn the loss of Paul. And we pray, Father, that You would be with us again as we move forward, as we strive to be the examples we need to be. Uh, give us give us opportunities father and then give us vision and insight as we see those opportunities come and then give us courage to step into those opportunities and do the things we need to do thank you father bless us as we as we move forward and bless us as we study this morning In jesus name we pray amen. amen if you go back and you don't have to do this but if you go back to chapter three it tells us that the church is the pillar of Are the church. If you are a blood-washed individual, okay, if you have been, you, if you have taken Christ on to be your Savior, if you have baptized Christ, then, and the blood has washed you clean, the only thing that's going to save you from your sin is the blood of Jesus. That's it. You can't do enough, you can't give enough, you can't be happy enough for this to be a fact in your life. You have have the blood of the Son in your life. And and the Bible is very clear how that happens. Okay? There can be a lot of misdirection, miscommunication, but I'm not going to miscommunicate with you. The Bible is clear. Peter said, Repent and be baptized every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of your sins and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. Paul was told by Ananias, What are you waiting for? Get up, be baptized, and wash away your sins calling on the name of the Lord. And Revelation chapter 1 verse 5 tells us that the blood of the blood of Jesus is what washes our sins away. So we know that when we repent and come to Him, that we come in contact with that blood, and the blood washes us clean. The water does not save, God. Understand that the water does not save, you. but it is absolutely necessary to, for that process of us repenting and coming to Him. And if we're if we've done that, God adds us to the church, and He calls the church. His, his bride calls the church his family, calls our sons and daughters, and he, and he says that we are, we are supposed to be, the pillar and foundation of the truth. Okay? That's very important here. Because what we've been talking about in chapter 4 is, is all the false narratives that are going to come along, all the stuff that we talked about last week, the preachers that are going to come, the teachers that are going to come, they're going to teach things that aren't, that aren't true. Alright? There are people in this town right now Standing in pulpit because they're going to teach life this morning. It's a fact. They're going to teach what the book says. It's a fact. <coughs> okay? So, it is our job as the church, as as blood as bloodwashed individuals, it's our job to make sure we know the truth and that we're not afraid to accept the truth. It is purity. Okay? our job. It tells that that. that uh, They're going to be for evil. They're going to try to stop us from teaching. And they're going to try to stop by teaching untruth, by lying, by deceiving, through all kinds of means. They're going to use all kinds of means. Social media is a big deal. Okay? There's a lot of negative. There's a lot of garbage on social media. If you don't know what the book says, you don't know this, you don't know it. I mean, there there are places out there and people out there that will take a verse, cut it in half, cut it, and say, you see what it says? and forget what the other half said. That's just what they did. Okay? So it's our responsibility. If you value your salvation, first off, you know, if you value your salvation, then you're going to look at the scripture to see, okay, what does God expect of me? What does he call me to do? What is my, what is my responsibility here? What should I be doing? And, and if we are both blood-washed individuals, our, our call should be what is my responsibility? What should I be doing? What does God call me to do? And we're going to look at what he tells this young preacher that I think is, is absolutely imperative us. Okay? But I wanted you to look at that first. And I got one, well, not a question, but just a statement. Sometimes people will subtly strive to lead us into a tolerant mindset that the Bible never gives us the right to have. Tolerance today is a big deal. Y'all know that. To be tolerant, be compromising, to love everyone is a big deal today. And some things the Bible just doesn't let us compromise. Okay? You know, you want to find out what they are? Go watch our stuff on Wednesday night. Because we don't pull any punches. We will not sugarcoat it. We say exactly what the Scripture says and what society is doing with it. Okay? So just go watch some of them. You know, but, but you know that those words, tolerant and compromising, are big, are big words out there today. That people want us to adapt to our, to our relationship with God. And we need to be tolerant. You know, you've heard them, haven't you? you? need to be tolerant of other people and just love them and let them be what they want to be and let them do what they want to do. You know, be what you want to be in your own house. Don't come into God's house and try to pull that, that nonsense. That's not going to fly. Not going to foot up with that. Okay. We're not going to be tolerant like that. There are things that we can be tolerant of. Okay. You can be tolerant of me, a sinner. All right. I'm a sinner. And you've got to be in a position where you strive not to be judgmental of me and what I do the same. And so we're going to be tolerant at times of letting me grow to a point where I can grow up and mature. All right. But there are some things that are absolutely unbiblical. If you see me doing them, you need to stop me immediately. And say, this is not appropriate. This you cannot do. This I won't I won't put up with you doing But do it with me in love. Okay? Now, I want us to I want us to go uh, to verse six. Okay? And we're gonna start in verse six. I've got now there's a lot here that goes all the way to the end of the chapter, but I've picked out four. We won't get to all we probably won't be able to do but one today. But there's four of them in this narrative that I think are important for us. As we move forward, striving to be the pillars and foundation of the truth. Okay, I think, huh? Chapter four, First Peter. I mean, First Timothy, chapter four and verse six. Now listen to what he said. If you point these things out to the brothers and sisters, you will be a good minister of Christ Jesus, nourished on the truths of the faith and of the good teaching that you have followed. Okay, now you remember, he's talking to Timothy, who is in Ephesus, who's got a really tall task ahead of him, and there's a lot of false narratives going on, a lot of false teachers going on, and so he is. He's he's saying you know, you'll, you'll be a good minister if you if you per, if you you present these things to the the people that you're talking to. Let me read it again. If you point these things out to the brothers and sisters, you will be a good minister of Christ Jesus, nourished on the truth of the faith and of the good teaching that you have followed. What do you think it it means? And I just got one part here that I want to look at and then we're going to move on to, to another verse. What does it mean to be nourished on the truth? What do you think that means? To be nourished on the truth? My
1: music's trained in Trained in the words of the faith.
0: Trained in the words of the faith. Okay, <laughs> the word, the word, is is more appropriately nourished. nourished. Yeah, it's more appropriate to translate it in an idea of feeding, nourishment is what it's is is what it's more appropriate. So he said, you know what, we're going to have lunch in a little while. Many of you are going to stay. And you're gonna go by those tables and you're gonna get food on your plate to nourish yourself, to fill a void in you at the time because you're hungry. And it God has designed us to eat. And there's some really good stuff in there. I've seen that already. There's a lot of good food in there. You'll have questions about I do I want this or I don't want that. Do I want this or that? You know, and he tells Timothy, he said, you continue to nourish yourself on the truth. And then he and he says. And, and 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 of the good teaching that you have followed, all right? There's a there was a time when your brother was still alive that I I was not in awe of him, but I respected him. Okay, he and I were a lot alike in our mindsets and in the way we thought, and and so so I fed off the things he said a lot of times because I knew he knew more than I did, and so I was going to use that opportunity to 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 feed off of what he gave, what he could give. You know, I was going to feed off the, not only the teaching, but just the pure nourishment of the truth that I would get from him. Because sometimes he would tell me, he would, we would talk about text, and it was not the way that I thought the text went. And he was the one that got me really to start, to start looking at context and seeing. And he was the one, too, that helped me to start looking at reading between the lines and asking yourself, what's going on in this environment? What's going on here? You know, to, he wanted me to smell the text. He wanted me to feel the text, to listen to what wasn't being said, listening to what was between the lines that wasn't being said, and I learned that from him. Uh, and it, I was too young when Rudy was here, but when Roy was here, I wasn't. I was an elder already, and it was really easy to feed off of what he was telling me. Okay, so and that's what what Paul tells P- Timothy here: you feed off you feed off the truth, and then you feed off of following the example. Look, well, what he says it again? He said. And of the good teaching that you have followed. There's been some good teaching that you followed. Remember, he's been on missionary journeys with him. He's seen him, he's seen Paul work. He's seen God inspire this man to greatness. He know he knew what the what this guy was like before, and yet he's seen what he's like now. Remember, he's the one, Paul's the one that came and got him, circumcised him, and then and then took him off on his journey. Remember? He would his mother was a Greek, his I mean his daddy was a Greek, his mother was a Jew. Remember? In chapter in, in the second letter, he's gonna talk about, in the first chapter, he's gonna talk about Timothy's mother and grandmother being a driving force in his life, the one that taught him and nurtured him and got him. Doesn't talk about his dad. But the but the, the teaching that he followed, he said he you first learned this from your mother and your grandmother. So you've been hearing the truth since he was little. Okay, that's where he's been hearing it. How many of you have, have had have had the privilege of having a mom and a dad who were strong in the faith and that would teach them and wanted to teach you know you know I didn't have that okay and it and I and I was I was back a few steps because I, there was things that I didn't know at 29 30 years old that I could have known when I was 9 10 11 years old basic principles that i did not know that I wish I had known, because it would have made the transitions easier and would have made it less time-consuming. Because it was extremely time-consuming to learn, you know, to learn a story about Noah, to learn a story about Moses. I knew Moses from the Ten Commandments on TV, and I thought he looked like Charlton Heston. I, I'm, I'm just telling you, I, that's that's the things I knew because I wasn't being taught these things when I was younger, when I was in my young years. You know, you guys have opportunities. You guys with young kids have an opportunity to teach them things that maybe some of their peers are not going to know, and it's going to it's going to serve them well because maybe one day one of them's going to grow up to be a Timothy, and 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 they'll be able to read a text like that and said. Uh oh, that was my mom and dad. My mom and dad taught me that stuff, and I and I see and I fed off, I nourished that, and I didn't even know it was happening. I didn't know I was being nourished by the things that I was the good teaching that I was following. I didn't know that that I needed to be nourished by the, but I watched my dad. I watched my mom. I watched them pour over the text. I watched them I watched them teach Bible classes. I I listened to them in Bible classes and I know that they were that they they gave me that example of how to how to how to feed off that spirituality, to feed off that that uh, the truth of the of the word, okay? So if that's where you're at and you and you didn't have that, I know how you feel because I didn't have that either. You know, I I uh, you know, I, and I and I I envy those of you who had that. Because you were a step up. Now, look at verse 7, and we're going to read verse 7 through 9. Now, listen to this, and I'm going to pick out one part of this. That's what we're going to camp on. Have nothing to do with godless myths and old wives' tales. Rather, train yourself to be godly, for physical training is of some value. But godliness has value for all things, holding promise for both the present life and the life to come. This is a trustworthy saying, and it deserves full acceptance. And, and number one, I think that he's telling this young preacher, and I think we need to learn: train yourself to be godly. Train yourself to be godly. Tell me, tell me what what that means to you. Uh, what is, what does that mean to you when you hear that? When you look at that term, and I've got some ideas that I'm going to give you. I'm going to share with you. But what is it when when you say, train yourself to be godly? Put that in in your own perspective, in your own mindset, and I'm gonna okay. I'm gonna take this home with me. What am I gonna do? What what am I gonna think about as I look at that verse, that phrase? What am I gonna look at?
1: I think it's the way you treat other people. the People see the way you okay. The life, that you okay. Have the example that you set. Okay. And to go out of your way to do things for people. Okay. That may not even be members of the church. Okay. You know?
0: All right. But they All right. they see that in. You. Okay. Yes. Sir. Yeah.
1: First and foremost, it tells me that I have to make the effort. Training
0: requires effort on my part. It's not going to just fall in my lap. Okay. Anybody else?
1: Yeah, Cale? It puts it in context of physical training. Okay. Um, Physical training is is something that, I mean, if you ever played sports, you're not good at it. Uh, Just by going out on the field the first day, Mm -hmm. it's something that you have to put time and effort into over a long period of time, um, and you have to maintain it as well, because if you don't use it, you lose Mm -hmm. it, Uh, and it's the same thing for our our spiritual health, Uh, if we're going to be uh, people of the book, we have to be able to, you know,
0: actually be in it, train it, all All those things. Anybody else? Yes, ma'am. You
1: have to immerse yourself.
0: have to immerse yourself. Every day. Okay. All right. How many of you played sports how many of, any of you played sports in school at, at all in, any of okay how how was the training record not the game not the game you know not the camaraderie with 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 friends and and players how was how was the beforehand tell me what that was like huh could be difficult okay anybody uh, training's always worse than the game Training is always worse than the game.
1: Yeah. Okay. It, it's like ninety percent training. Okay. Ten percent.
0: Okay. Yeah. I have. I've never played. But I heard. I heard that that the game is the fun part. Yeah. 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 That's the fun part. The game fun part. Hopefully. Well, I
1: never played sports, but I was in the band. Mm-hmm. And it's the same thing. Same thing. Now, same you thing. You pick up that instrument, you don't know what to do with it until you have had the training we, to learn. We have a
0: young man things. right here that's going to go, is going to play in a marching band at college. He's leaving in August going to play. He, he spent a lot of time, I'm sure a lot of time. I remember him when he was this big. I remember when you when you were born.
1: <laughs> <laughs>
0: you okay? well, I remember you when you were born. So I knew your mom and dad. I baptized your dad. So, yes. Yeah. Oh. Oh, 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 I do. Okay. Yes, sir. I think I compared like. In boot camp, yeah. that you go through like a learning and like a stressful
1: situation. So, when the time arises to where like you're in a position of like
0: where you're out at sea and like mm-hmm. you know, stuff is happening, you're able to handle it mm-hmm. and you're not like you know, yeah. freaking out, you're able yeah. to handle it in yeah. a
1: calm, like a manner because you've been presented with a situation because you've yeah. studied. Okay.
0: And you prepared yourself for that moment to handle. I I, re- I remember sitting in a Marine recruiter's office, all right, right down here, with my son Mark, and and the Marine recruiter is, yeah, I mean, he's slick. Everything is right in place. He's slick. Talk slick, man. The one thing I got out of it is, I'm going to take your son, and I'm going to empty him and refill him, and I'm going to make him a killer. And I looked at that guy, and I said, I'm going to ask you one question. If you had to kill right now, right now, and you need to kill me, could you do it? He said, absolutely. I said, whew. You know, my response was, I don't really think I want my son doing this. Of course, it wasn't my call. It wasn't my... Mark was 18. He was going to do what he was going to do. Thankfully, he went in the Navy. <laughs> so, the Navy. You know, I don't know how much I don't know how much better that was, but I know three days into it and he called me and said, Get me out of here.
1: Yes.
0: <laughs> no can do, ma'am. Sorry. The big
1: yeah. are the same no matter what. They tear them all the way yeah. down yeah. and build and, them back up.
0: And, and it's a train, yes ma'am.
1: When Gary, our oldest went into the Navy, uh, I dropped him off at the recruiter's office and they were gonna take him and he's sitting there and he said, Okay, I'm ready to go. I said, Okay. <laughs> he said, "Mom, it's gonna be okay." He said, I'm, "I'm, I'm, ready to go." Then this girl walked by and went into the Marine. Said, oh! oh. <laughs> <laughs> said, no. the, they get up there to the uh, boot camp. So the they so the
0: little people. girl going to the Marine thing could yeah. have changed his yeah,
1: yeah. mind. She's <laughs> a pretty little thing. <laughs> but, <laughs> when they got there, they had these wall of phones. He said. And they get to call home and say, yes, I made it here safely. Yeah. And he said, Mom, I'm okay. I made it here. And I hear all these voices in the background saying, hurry up. Get off the bus. What's your matter? He's crying. You want your arm. <laughs> <laughs> like, oh, my goodness. <laughs> well, oh my
0: you know, goodness. whatever whatever the training was, I know that, I know that Mark, you know, went through a lot of training. He went through, he was at a lot of different places and, and trained for, you know, which a lot of the training he still uses today because of the electronics yes. training he got. You know, I mean, he he was, a, uh, he was, a, uh, you know, charged with some really important tasks on the boat he was on. Uh, got that boat in the Persian Gulf up and running. Task force left them because they were down and, he, and they left them. You know, not a happy place to be in the Persian Gulf, left. And the aircraft carrying group left them and and he got the boat up and running and the captain told me he said if it wasn't for your son he said we might still be sitting out the Persian Gulf so so that training really came through and it did well you know I remember Paul being in football and and I remember in the summertime and I'm thinking god we're gonna get a break from this no uh-uh. Paul wants to go to the he wants to go to the field house three times a week or what or four I don't know and he's going to be there at 6:30 6:30 on a summer morning A couple of days going to lift and a couple of days going to run you know the taking him spine the taking him home
1: <laughs> <laughs>
0: i want him to run the truck <laughs> But I watched it. I watched the, the dedication, the commitment, the, the, the willingness to train when he was there by himself sometimes, just training and doing the things he was doing to be the best that he could be. That's all he wanted to do is be the best he could be. You know, and I think they started the freshman year with 100 and something kids that started freshman year. When he graduated as a senior, there was like 20 left. 20 left. That's all that was left. Over the years, over those four years, it had weeded out 80-something kids and dropped by the wayside. Training is is a is a willingness to self-discipline, to do what's necessary in your life, and it can be rigorous, it can be daunting. You know, and my my question in this text is that train yourself to be godly. I think the same. If it's not the same mindset you had in sports, then you are selling God short. If you're not willing to do the same amount of mindset, the same amount of work that you did in, a, in, a, in an environment, in sports, then what's wrong with you? Why not? He tells this young preacher, and just, you think just because he's a preacher, he's telling that? Is this just for leaders, or is this for anyone? Do you think it's for everyone? Everyone. So then, So now you put yourself on notice. Every one of you is responsible for your own self. Don't look at me and say it's your fault. It's not my fault. If you don't do what what you're told, if I stand here and teach the truth and you don't do anything with it, that's not my fault. That's your fault. You didn't do what you're supposed to. If Cole gets in the pulpit and teaches everything right, you can't find anything wrong. You have a responsibility to do something with it or do nothing. Sadly, too many people do nothing. And this text, this verse says, train yourself to be godly. What's it going to take in your life? To translate the physical to the spiritual. We've been talking about physical stuff, Marines or Navy or football or, or soccer or whatever it was. How do you take this and say, you know what? I'm going to translate this into the spiritual walk. Because, guys, let me tell you something. This is way more important. You think you could say what Alan told me a while ago? You know, we talked right out there. And I said, I said, the one thing we got going for us, no matter what the outcome is. We win. We win. Whether it's good or bad, we win. Do we want the? Well, do you want the bad? No, of course not. But we win nonetheless. You can't. You can't take that away. Yeah.
1: Relating this back to sports, how physically fit do you have to be to be an armchair quarterback? <laughs> mm-hmm. Y'all hear that? Uh, how physically fit do you get to get have to be to be a an armchair quarterback? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Look. And I think, and, and, I, and I say that because I think in a lot of ways, uh, there are situations in our spiritual path where we have more armchair quarterbacks than we have quarterbacks.
0: You have no idea.
1: <laughs> yeah. And, yeah. No idea. and so, and so instead of people being physically fit in the, in the word and in and, and acting on that, we have people that are like, well, I would have done
0: this. Yeah. Yeah. And that, that doesn't take any effort at all. No, no. That's opinion. Yeah. That's heart. That's 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 emotion. That's opinion. You know, have ne- we not talked about that already? That you can't rely on your heart, can't rely on, on emotion? What, the one thing we can rely on is truth. You know, God didn't say the heart will set you free. The truth will set you free. Okay? What he said. So so then what, you know, my question here is what are some practices or activities that can promote your spiritual growth? For you, if you say, okay, from this moment today on, I'm gonna I'm gonna go into training, my spiritual training, to see how much more how, how much closer to God I can get. What am I gonna do? And what is that gonna entail? What would you have to say that you need to do in your life? What would you need to do? Tell me, give me, give me something. Give me something. Yeah. What? In the book I've got to be in the book more. Would you say daily? Yeah. Once a week, five times a week, what would you say? What, how, when you were training, Paul, and it was during the summertime, how many days a week was did you give to that? Usually five days a week. It was usually five. I took you to the field house five days a week. I went to town every day, and he went with me. I dropped him off and picked him back up when he was done. You know, five days a week.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Is your spiritual training any less important than that? Or should that be the the standard that you're going to go by? What would I give physically? What would I give? And what is God going to expect from me spiritually? What's he going to expect? What do you think? What else? What's another? Yes, go ahead, Vincent. I'll get back to you. I have to believe personally that this book has the truth that will change my life Mm -hmm. and will get me to where I need to be. You understand now. I understand what you're saying. Vincent said, I believe this book has has the truth and has the things that are are going to get me to where I need to be. You understand there are teachers out there that don't agree with you. You do understand that, right? They are plastered all over the place. I can name you names right now of people who believe this is no longer relevant. That means it doesn't have the truth that you need to get you where you want to go. All right? I'm just telling you. So part of the training is, part of, part of your training, should it be, I need to know what the negatives are. I need to know what's against me. You know what I mean? When y'all, when y'all practice, I remember we, went, we were we right over here at at a, at a Long John Silver's, and we're waiting on Paul. He's getting out of practice, and he's going to come. And, and he comes over, and and I look at him, and I said, "What in the world happened to you?" <laughs> he looked like he'd gone through a meat grinder. It was awful. And I said, "What happened?" He said, "Thomas Marchbanks happened to me." <laughs> that I, knew the name. <laughs> and I said, "I know the name." I said. Thomas Marshbank was the first-string, you know, all-district defensive lineman. Paul was on the offensive line. And this guy had taken him to task the whole practice, ripped him up the whole practice. He was beat up, (laughs) bruised up, (laughs) cut up. I said, dude, did you have your helmet on? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I had my helmet on. (laughs) You know, he was willing to do that for the team. He was willing to go to that extreme for the team. You know, it – are we willing to do? You know, am I willing to do that for the team? Am I willing to go to that place spiritually for the team to do what God expects me to do, what He's going to need me to do? What What was the What was the need? What What was the need? I mean, you said it. You know, when you got in a tough situation out on the water, you better know what you're doing, because if you don't, somebody's going to die, right? Yep. You know, if if he gets called, somebody goes down and he gets called. He was second string, the second string at Victoria High School in that year was good enough to play any first string anywhere else in 3A 2A they were that good you know that they would come in about the about the middle of the of the beginning of the third quarter and score 30 points on the other team's first string that's how good they were but the first string was so much so good and so he was always ready. You have to be ready always are you ready? Are you ready for what's gonna come what may come tomorrow next week next month are you ready? And how are you going to get ready? What are you going to do to get ready? What are you going to do? Uh, stay in the work? And then put it into practice. Explain. Explain. Well, you can't just read. you got to do it. Okay. All right. Like yep. how? Oh. oh, go ahead, Caleb. Yeah, I was going to say, uh,
1: today we're going to be uh, doing teacher appreciation mm-hmm. for the church, and I think one of the best ways that you can work those those muscles mm-hmm. is
0: to to teach. Yeah. You know. I, I, I was I was going there. I'm gonna come back to that in just yeah. a minute. Yes ma'am. Somebody have their hand. Yes ma'am I might have to change your friends. You might have changed friends. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Heaven help us. I might have changed my friends. You mean I can't run around with Joey and, and Sammy and, and go to the lake every other Sunday? Oh my gosh. Wait a minute. You know you can encroach just so far in my life but there they, am I gonna put up a limit? Yeah, sadly that's what we do. Coming back to this, you know, that's what I was thinking. You know, I started, I started teaching junior high. That's where I started. Taught for three years junior high. Then I went to high school. That lasted about a week. <laughs> <laughs> and then, and and, and, oh, and, and all the, and all the time after between that, I was going to the jail. Seventeen years I went to the jail. Seventeen years honing honing my ability because those guys would ask you... Man, I, I studied with I studied with a guy that had a PhD in history. They had kidnapped and raped a girl, and they caught him here in town. Kidnapped her in California, they caught him here. And I was sitting... I mean, this guy was impressive. I studied with Baptist preachers. I studied with a Catholic priest. I studied with a lot of different people, and you learned a lot of different ways how to deal with people. You know, and so I think that's great. I think sitting in a classroom... With little kids, junior high, whatever, sitting there and because they're really forgiving. Okay? They want to play with the blocks and the balls and stuff. And you can you can you know, they're not like adults. You'll learn patience. Yeah, you'll learn patience. <laughs> yeah, that's <laughs> yes, I mean, that Absolutely. <laughs> the, the,
1: the Bible, mm-hmm. but you need to visit regularly with the father too, and talk
0: Absolutely. to him, Absolutely. and
1: as for the
0: guidance and that, you know, that what
1: communication Jeannie,
0: in two ways. What Jeannie's saying is you have to you have to stay in touch with the father. That means you have to talk to him. You have to ask for his help. Mm-hmm. You know, there's nothing wrong with you know to, with asking for help. I asked for help. You know, I, I I I asked Roy many times. I asked Rudy Ray many times. You know, I need some help. I need what you know. What do I do here? How, how do I teach this? I remember sitting across that hall right there when there was an office there and sitting in Steve Gilmore's office. I said, I don't know what this text says. I need your help. I need your help. Because I don't know what it's saying. I I I many times I sat with Rudy and said, Rudy, I don't know what this, I don't know how to teach this. I don't know what this is about. I have no clue. And he would take me this step, this step, over here. And and by the time I got through, I said, Okay, God got it. Now I got it. But then I'd have to take it and teach it. I'd have to take it and use it. If I didn't, it was gonna be it'd be gone like a puff and it'd be gone. So I think I think there's some some things that are really Obvious, study God's Word. Practice it, all right? Pray. If you're going to go into rigorous self-sacrifice, then find something to do and get busy. Get busy. It's going to cost you, all right? You know, these ladies spend a lot of time getting ready over there, spend time that you guys have no clue how much time they spend getting ready for somebody to walk in and teach four or five little kids. I dare you. I dare you take advantage of. Stand up, strap on your big boy pants, and say, you know what? I'm going to take what these girls, what these ladies do, Julie and, and Barbara do, and I'm going to put this together, and I'm going to go in, and I'm going to teach some kids that maybe don't have the discipline that I wish they'd have, and I'm going to go teach them anyway. And you know what you're going to find out? You may find out it's a lot of fun. But I can tell you, going five days a week, there was some stuff he was doing. He had to believe it was fun. Come on, guys. He was 16 years old, 17 years old, man. You yeah. know, so you might find that you, and you might find it's something you, that you're really good at, something that you that you slip right into. Remember, God has prepared work for us to do. Part of that was was knowing you're part of a team, mm-hmm.
1: and, and if I'm the weak link, you know, trying to do everything I can do to to
0: be the better teammate because camaraderie was was a big part of why I played football. Sure, and I mean that's no different here. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, we have we have spaces that need to be filled that could
1: could easily be filled by some of us, and and we choose to be the weak link instead. And
0: and you know, Did y'all hearing what he's saying? Mm-hmm. You know, Chris knows what he's saying. He's nodding his head. I see him every time we talk about football. He's nodding his head. Yep, 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 yep. But you know, I mean, it is about camaraderie. It is about fellowship. You know, they have a thing, fellowship of Christian athletes, you know. I mean, you know, these, these guys, they fellowship together, and it becomes a, a brotherhood, a bond that many of us don't understand, you know, like the military. You know, I have no clue what that's like when you depend on the guy next to you, you know, not in that situation. I do here, but, you know, when you, when you play a sport like that and you train and train and train so to make sure you're not the weak link, you know, what if you're the weak link here? What if you don't know enough? What if you don't, what if you're not, what if you're not schooled enough? Now, and I'm not saying everybody's gonna be a biblical scholar, okay? But you know, you may be the one that needs to stand up and say, wait a minute, I don't think this is right. And I think we need to stop this and we need to step back and say, okay, what are we doing here? Okay, because I think I think this is really important for the ones that are gonna come next. All right, there's gonna there's going there's three more of these that we're not gonna get to them today, but you know, I want I wanted to get through at least one today, and I wanted to get through this one. You know, to, to train yourself to be godly. That's your response. Don't look at me. It's not my job to train you to be godly. My job is to keep you out of the ditches. My job is to keep you within the fence. But you're the one. I can do what I can do. I can do this. Cole can do what he does. Dan, Gary, do, I, I mean, uh, 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 James can do what they do. But, you know, our job as shepherds is to lead you. Okay? Okay? To lead you in the right direction, to keep you from going outside the box. Whether you take advantage of it or not, that's on you. That's on you. I cannot force this down your throat. I've tried it, don't work. I've beat you with the book. I've tried to shovel feed it to you, doesn't work. You know what works? You want me to tell you what works? When you decide I've had a gut for and I'm done. Getting twisted all up and twisted in the dirt, and when you get a, when you finally get a gutful and you say, you know what, and then you can come to me and say, Dan, I need to know what to do. Oh, I'll give, I'll put you to work. I'll give you something to do. There's always something to do. Cole and I sat with somebody Friday morning that's struggling. Met with them, sat with them for two hours. Cole sits with somebody from this body for three hours every Wednesday morning, from eight o'clock till whenever it gets through, for three hours. Striving to help this individual put this, these principles into his into his life. You know, we've sat down with numerous of you in here. We've sat down, you know, one-on-one, sometimes over the phone, you know, trying to help you to, to, to do exactly what this is talking about. Training yourself to be godly. Ask yourself, what am I gonna do to put that put that into practice in my life? I don't know what you're gonna do. I already know what I've done. I know what I'm doing still. I don't know what you're going to do, but I know it's necessary. It's absolutely necessary that you do this. For you to become part of the pillar and foundation of the truth, this is absolutely necessary. This is what he told Timothy. This is what he tells us. You know, I didn't even go to the text I've got. We'll do that next week before we get to the next one. There's text, and, you know, that talk about this. That talk about us being training. Paul writes to the church at Corinth, and he said, he said, I beat my body, make it my slave. I put it in submission. So that I can run the race so I do not lose the prize. Did it seem like Paul was saying, I can lose this if I don't watch out? Mm -hmm. There are people out there who say that's not possible. Mm -hmm. Okay? We'll see you next week. We'll pick up the second one next week. Thanks, guys.